Our scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. And our sermon title today is, Your Labor is Not in Vain. This is the Lord's Word. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your, your labor is not in vain. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you here this morning. As school ends for many of us who are teachers, who have children, uh, we see summer come upon us. In fact, we look at the, uh, the weather report and it says next week is going to be all in the mid-90s and it's starting to get warmer and warmer and warmer. And one of the things that happens when a new season comes is that we have to be prepared to, to adjust to what the Lord gives us. And during this adjustment period, it's easy for many of us to simply say, well, I will put aside X, Y, and Z until I've adjusted, and then I'll take up X, Y, Z again. And this sort of transition that all of us go through through seasons is it's very easy for us to pick up bad habits and to forget our good habits. It's easy for us to sort of go into summer in summer mode and forget that the Lord is always present. Even in these wonderful days of summer where the sun is out longer, where you feel the vitamin D giving you strength, where you can take long walks with your friends, where you can enjoy the nature, festivals, music, food. In the good days that the Lord has given you, in the good days that the Lord will give you, be thankful to our God. Be thankful for the people who God has surrounded you with. Be intentional in showing love to one another. 
this is a time where a lot of people are able to just sit back, get something to drink, get something to eat, and just talk. May the Lord bless this summer for all of us. May we use this summer for his glory. May the Lord grow us in his word. In our passage today, Paul continues to talk about the resurrection. He continues to talk and to encourage his people that history is not circular, but history is linear. That there is a beginning, there is a middle, there is an end. Jesus is called the Alpha and Omega for a reason because he is the beginning, he is the middle, he is the end. He's not called the Alpha and then Alpha Prime and Alpha Double Prime. But there's an end to history, an end to what God has in store for the world, but also an end to each and every one of us. In 1 Peter, uh, the apostle encourages us and says, Listen, the end is near. Everyone, pray. And that word end that we see there is not simply a temporal ending, as if, as if one day on May 31st, this opportunity or this responsibility is finished. And oftentimes when you hear that word end, it doesn't have the connotation of whether it's good or bad. Sometimes it's things that we don't like to do, that we're looking forward for it to end. But the word that Peter uses there, and the word that resonates with us in terms of this resurrection, is that word telos, which means not only the end, but that our goal, that which we work hard for, that which we look forward to. will one day come to pass. And so we are a people of hope. We are a people who understand that in Christ Jesus, there is nothing to fear. But that we will be gaining what we long for, to be with Christ. Here Paul continues to to show us that the resurrection of the dead, that God will one day transform us, that which is perishable, into something imperishable, something that is mortal into something that is of immortality. I want you to look around you and look at each person that is here amongst us. Every single one of you, every one of you is immortal. There is no one here who will one day pass away and simply disappear. The Lord made you to exist 
and to flourish for all of eternity. Now we know from Scripture that those who come to know Christ will live eternally with Christ. But that those who do not know Christ will perish and be punished eternally without him. And so we think and we understand that the end goal of all of history and the end goal of our lives is for all of eternity. There are a couple of things that happen to us as God's people. One, we start to look at this world But instead of looking at this world and saying, you know what, since I have God for all of eternity, I'm just going to live the way I want to. Or since I have God for all of eternity, it doesn't matter what I do here. I'm just going to just, just try to get by. But because we know that we have God for all of eternity and that God loves us, And we also, we know that God loves all of creation and wants to bring all of creation back to him. What happens to us is simple. We start to love all things in this world without demanding anything in this world to be mine. We don't look at people and say, hey, I need you to fill me because my goal is to be filled. No. I've achieved my goal. I have Christ. He will give me his perfection. That's all I need. I'm here to love you, to give to you, to serve you. Hey, I need to go to work tomorrow. Okay, I go to work tomorrow. Hey, I'm here just to do my best. I'm not defined by my work. God's given me this work to do good for people. God's given me this work to to earn a living, to help others. Because I know that one day, God will make me perfect. I know that some of us will often think, you know, I wish I had a lot of money. I wish I had a lot of money. If I had a lot of money, I would be the most magnanimous, generous person that there is. I would love to be the one, right? You, You all think like this. I would love to be the one who could take everyone out to a restaurant, get out that black card or whatever card it is nowadays, plop it down and say, here it is, I'm paying for everyone. I know there are some of you who think, if I could be rich, I could be more generous and loving to people. But we forget that we are already wealthy in the Lord. That it does not matter what your bank account says. And and we all know, actually, that for many of us, the more... We see in the world, the more money you have, the more sorrows and the more temptations you have. 
But if we know that in heaven our inheritance is waiting for us, which is Christ, then we can be generous with everyone about anything that we have. Well, so what if I lose something? So what if I get hurt? It's okay. Because I'm here to love and to serve. And so one of the beautiful things that happens when we have a future kingdom eschatological mindset the Lord will return is that we're free to love people. To know that in the future we have Jesus who is more precious than the, the largest bank account in the world. That we are free to give and to love people generously and freely. So our identity is in him. The second thing that occurs to all of us when we know that the end is really about being with Christ is that our love for people becomes more about them coming to know Jesus more than anything else. Yesterday we had our, our meeting with, with, our, with our parents and we're sharing prayer requests about, about our kids. What should we pray about for our kids? And there are many, many wonderful prayer requests that are out there. But the one prayer request that we, we, we can all agree with is, is very simple. Help our kids to grow to know you, Jesus. For in the end, this world will pass away. But my child needs to know you, to spend eternity with you. We start looking at people, not as people who have things or don't have things. We don't look at people in terms of their status, their, their family backgrounds as much. They're all important. But when we look at people, we start to ask the question, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know who he is? I'm concerned for you. Because when Jesus returns, I really want you to know him. To be with him. For all of eternity. And so what happens when we see people as eternal beings? What happens when we start to see that we ourselves have been given this salvation by God's grace and God's grace alone? There's a couple of things. One, jealousy starts to melt away. Let me say that. Jealousy starts to melt away. 
Because if at the end, let me tell you, in the end, it's, it's, in a sense, it's pass-fail. In the end, it's, it's not discredition. In the end, it's not about what you've accumulated here. In the end, it's whether, do you know the Savior or do you not know the Savior? And so when we look at people, we don't try to compare ourselves like, what do they have? What do I not have? What was their past experience? Why, why are they so blessed to have that? I'm blessed to have, have these cards. No, it's simply whatever we have, I have Jesus. I have everything. I want you to have Jesus. Jealousy melts away. And number two is when you have that, that end perspective of this world is that you have more compassion on people. Because you know that if they don't know Jesus, there's eternal punishment. And your prayer and your love for them grows tremendously. Have you ever met someone with cancer? Especially someone who you didn't like. When they get sick, most of us who have, a, who have decency we're not going to say good for him. But our hearts soften. And we have compassion. Because when someone is really sick, you see in their eyes fragility. You see in their eyes fear. In this world, when you look upon people, there are simply people who have hope in Jesus and people who have fear, not knowing what's going to happen. Some just hide it more better than others. And our hearts go out to them in grace and in mercy. This is what happens when you have a worldview that knows that there is an end coming. And a worldview that's circular, it's like, well, I guess you get a second chance. <laughs> come back as a dog, come back as a cat, get a second, third, fourth chance. Oh, well. But we know that we who know Christ are once again gaining that which we long for in the end. That's why it says here in verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And here we come to, to, to why I titled our sermon, Your Labor is Not in Vain. There are times in our lives when we think that our lives here are worthless. 
what am I doing what I'm doing? Perhaps when you're in high school and college, you, you have this hope in mind of this is what my life should look like. And then by the time you get into your mid to late 20s, you, you start to realize, what am I doing? Yesterday, when we had the parents' fellowship, we start off with this uh, um, uh, warm-up question. The question was simply, what is God's vision for family? And you should have seen the parents' faces. They just all looked at me and went, It's like, I don't know. Uh, we just have it. <laughs> we just, this is all we have. <laughs> you know? And, and for, for many of us, it's like life just happens quickly. And all of a sudden, you look at it and go, what do I have? What's going on with life? And you start thinking, you start double-guessing yourself of, is my life, my choices worth anything? Have I done anything of value for anyone? And before you know it, you, you go down that rabbit hole where you just feel like, I'm useless. And you start looking at other people, what they're doing, and go, why can't my life be like that? What Scripture's saying here is, is what? Is that your labor is not in vain. And your labor is not in vain only if you stop looking at your accomplishments of, in this world as the thing that defines you. If you, start, if you continue to look at the accomplishments of this world as that which makes you who you are, you will always be disappointed. You will always feel like you were laboring in vain. Because there's someone always who does it better than you. And even if you make it to the top, you realize, is this it? So I'm the best in my field. Is this it? Why does my heart feel empty? Why are my relationships breaking down? Why is it when I reach to the top, I'm always looking behind me and I need to keep working harder before someone catches me. And I know that one day as I get older, someone will catch me and they'll pass me. But that's not the reason why we're here on this earth, brothers and sisters. That labor is in vain. The author of Ecclesiastes talks about this. All pleasure is in vain. All labor is in vain. And they're all in vain if there's nothing else beyond this world. And so that's why, like, when I ask the parents, what's the purpose of parenthood? And I, when I ask you, what's the purpose of life? And oftentimes, when I ask that question, many of you guys will look at me going, because you've stopped thinking about your purpose. You stop thinking about who you are. You stop thinking about what God has accomplished. And so today is simply a reminder 
that if you work in your labor for the Lord, knowing that you already have what your heart desires in Christ, and your labor to, to help people around you to grow in their worship of God himself. If you are able to look at your work and praise God for the, the joy of, of simply working, even though it's a hard job. If you're able to look at the people around you and say, here are image bearers and here's an opportunity to show love to people who I would never have met if I didn't have this job. In all the words and all the actions that you do for the gospel, none of it is in vain. For the Lord will reward you in heaven with his presence. But there's also something else. And I say this a little bit in jest, with a little bit of humor. But I wait for the day when the Lord comes back. I wait for the day when we're all together. And we look around and we see who's there. And I wait for the day, and again, I say it's in jest, where we can, quote unquote, compare who we share the gospel with. <laughs> and we could joke around and say, hey, you see those 10 people over there? I met them at, at QT one day. He was, he was the one who was uh, at the cashier. And I just said, hey, how are you doing? And we started talking. And he asked me about what I did. And somehow we got to talk about Jesus. You see that guy over there? Yeah, that's the guy who, who cut me off. Got in an accident. And for some reason, instead of yelling at him, we just started talking. Realized he was having a bad day. I'd like to share Jesus with him. There will come a time where we will boast humbly, if I can put it this way, in heaven with joy of seeing the people who've come to know Christ as we served to love him and to love them the gospel. This is the end for which we were made for. This is the goal of our humanity in, in many ways. Because in heaven, None of us will compare bank accounts. None of us will compare our work. In fact, none of us will even compare our marriages. The only thing we will look at is Jesus and the people who've come to know Jesus. Brothers and sisters, 
Do not live this life as if this life is all there is. Do not live this life without careful self-examination and careful thoughtfulness and mindfulness of who we are and what the end goal really is of all things. Let your heart be taken with Christ and his beauty. May you labor and know that all the things you do are not in vain when you do it for the Lord. That when the Lord comes back, his accounting is different than Ernest and Young. His accounting is of your heart and of the love that you have for the people that God has placed in your life. Praise be to God that he loves us with an infinite love. Praise God that he has his life in his hands. Praise God that we are gaining the goal of our salvation, eternity with him. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. And we ask of you again to have grace and mercy upon us, your people. Lord, we are uh, people who are so busy with life, so busy getting things done. We are people who are so busy and so easily distracted by things that we forget the purpose of life. We forget the purpose of history. We forget the purpose of why we are here, Lord God. And Lord, the devil gets a foothold in our hearts and we become dissatisfied, discouraged, even depressed with our lives. Lord, remind us again who we are. We are your children. Remind us again, Lord, what you have given us, salvation. Remind us again, Lord, what will happen at the end of history. We will be with you for all of eternity. And Lord, may those things give us joy, beauty, hope in our lives. Do this, Lord, that we may be free to live in this world as your servants. Do this so that we may be free and loving to all the people who come into our lives. Lord, do this, Lord, so that situations and circumstances that we would not seek simply to rectify things for ourselves, but we would seek, Lord, to love the people who you have, who you have put in, in our lives to share the good news with, Lord God. For, Lord, we wait for the day when you return. We long for it. That we can be with you forever, with our brothers and our sisters in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.